0: Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the second sermon in our church's Your Path to Purpose series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leedsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship.
1: Today, your path to purpose grow, and we'll talk about grow groups, and those are things like our Sunday school or Bible study or small groups, and at the end, there'll be a a path on ramp for you to uh, take or to download um, so you can jump in. Well, last week, I mentioned that it's the countdown to football. Am I the only one that cares? Anybody else? Nobody else? You got a few people? Yeah? Yeah? Some of y'all are saying some obscene words I heard, just barely. We'll forgive those, I think. Well, as an update, I think Auburn plays first that day. And so Auburn, at the 2.30 game, you're 20 days, 5 hours, 22 minutes, and 37 seconds from this very moment. Right (laughs) Alabama plays later, they were smart I guess, playing in the evening, so add four hours to that. But the good news is for high school football fans, Leeds kicks off the regular season in twelve days, nine hours, fifty-two minutes and twenty-two seconds. So not long now, right? And there's preseason anyway. So there's some if you don't know, well, if you can't tell, I love sports. When I was growing up, I tried to play everything we offered. Football, basketball, baseball. But in high school, I was barely good enough to be a contributor at that level. And by college, it was clear that I had a a clearly defined role, and that was as a fan. And so I was 100% a fan of athletics. Until I heard about this thing called intramural sports. Have y'all heard about this? Where you form teams of just people, and they play each other at the college level. So it's just fun. So I thought... And so I signed up for a flag football intramural team. And I gathered the very best athletes I knew, or at least those that were walking by when we were signing up. And in that process, we developed a team. I assumed the role of head coach because of my gifts in coaching and because whoever head coach also had to volunteer as referee, and I was the only one that do that. And so as coach... I formulated a playbook so we'd know how to win. Our scheduled practices for us to get our act together, assign different positions to each person on the team based on who looked the tallest or could catch or, you know, throw the ball. And we were off for our season. I printed copies of the playbook, but our quarterback never learned it let's just play and have fun they said I called practice only half the team ever showed up let's just go to the game and have fun they said have you ever seen a pinata with blindfold at birthday parties y'all know what i'm talking about you blindfold and you just run around that's what we look like on the field right just, it just somebody going long somebody going short and the throw in the middle Here's how bad it was. We got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty for arguing with each other. (laughs) We were just chaos. In the course of the season, you can imagine how many wins we racked up. Zero. We were awful. Had more talent, had more people, just, but chaos reigned. Next season, I decided we were going to do it a little different. I talked to the people and said will you come to practice if they said yes they were on the team if they said no they weren't if they couldn't read the play book or whatever you know like go long or short you know we weren't going to be on the team and we won half our games that year what a turnaround they were putting me up or at least i thought for coach of the year but there's not such a thing but what a turnaround right well it's a little bit like that we watch college football. I don't know if you feel like you watch a game, you're like, man, if they just do, blah, 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 you know, and we think because we're watching, then we could just tell them, we don't know the plays, we don't know the routes, we don't know the roles of each person, and they, well, maybe they've called you, they ain't called me yet to come coach or play a down at the college level. It's a little bit like that with our other things in life. Anybody, what's the big, uh, Is it Taylor Swift that's selling out all the concerts? Any Taylor Swift fans, y'all? So we got some Taylor Swift. So you can be a Taylor Swift fan, but it doesn't make you a singing star, right? You can listen to all the music, all the songs, but if you never learn the music, practice, take lessons, and perform you will not be a singing star you may still not be but you definitely won't be if you just turn the radio up when our song comes on it can be like that in our faith too sometimes we can just kind of be on the sidelines like yeah but we never engage it picking up the playbook learning the plays putting it into practice and so we're sidelined with an ineffective faith with a unpurpose filled life for us to reach the purpose of our faith to be like Jesus we must grow and so let's look today what the Bible says about that how we might engage that in our life and in our church if you've got a Bible I invite you to turn it on or open it to the book of Romans book of Romans in the New Testament chapter 10 Romans chapter 10 if you texted here and click the worship guide the scriptures in there if you open it up on the web or the bible app romans we looked at this in the last series a good bit book of romans is an epistle or a letter written by the apostle paul to the christians that were in the city of rome and it's written around the middle of the first century and its theme is talking about the righteousness of god and how Humanity has just run from that, seemingly, right? Instead of clinging to that, even from the Garden of Eden, right? Broke covenant with God from that very t- time. And, and the whole history is God trying to restore that covenant with each human being. And some of us have pushed harder and harder against that as we go. But there's a hope to be in the presence of God's righteousness through faith in Jesus. And so chapter 10 is a theme of renewing that covenant or relationship with God's righteousness through Jesus. So we're going to read Romans 10 beginning in verse 5. I'm reading the New Living Translation. If you want to follow along word for word, the NLT, the word should also be on the screen above the stage. Romans 10 verse 5. For Moses writes, That the law's way of making a person's right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven and bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of death to bring Christ back to life. In fact, verse 8, it says, the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith we preach verse 9 if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved as the scriptures tell us anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced you and Gentile are the same in this respect they have the same lord who gives generously to all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved it goes on to say what that propagation looks like but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him and how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him and how can they hear about him unless someone tells them and how will anyone go and tell them without being sent that is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news this is the word of god for the people of god and we say thanks be to god so much about our faith journey in this passage but paul begins this section in verse 5 by contrasting the the kind of rule-laden, impossible righteousness that's conveyed in the law. And he contrasts that with the righteousness that is obtained by declaring your faith in Jesus, that you trust in the work of Jesus in his perfect life, in his guiltless death, and his power to defeat sin and and death in his resurrection. That you trust in him, and that trust frees you from sin, its consequences, and its bond on you. You can live your whole life empowered by God's Holy Spirit. In verse 8 says that that message, that faith message, is key to our being close to God, not far away. In our heart, not a distant thought. And flowing from our mouth, not something we've experienced once and then never speak of. Again, it's an ongoing, close bond with God. N.T. Wright states in the New Interpreter's Commentary, when Paul declares that belief in Jesus' resurrection is located in the heart, the very core of the personality is where that renewal must take place. Belief in the resurrection, saying, I believe in Jesus' resurrection, is this telltale symptom of that renewal in other words when you know and grow like jesus your heart is transformed and that transformation grows out into the rest of your life you do that by growing closer and closer in relationship with jesus developing a relationship with god and then your passions grow more and more in line with god's passion The psalmist in Psalm 19 verse 14 says it this way, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So let's look now at this passage in a bit more depth at how we might know and grow in faith like Jesus you got your worship bulletin online or the paper copy. You can follow along with these points and take notes. Number one, grow your heart of belief. Grow your heart of belief. Verse 10, the first part says, For it is by believing in your heart. By believing in your heart. The Bible states in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Have you ever heard the saying, the heart wants what the heart wants? Right? And sometimes we've used that as an excuse to like, well, I've just got to do what my heart wants. And that's the, the trouble is our heart is deceitful and gets us into trouble. I talked about that last week, or excuse me, last month in our previous series, that our heart is deceitful, and even when it tries to do good, we copy the answers from the world instead of from God, and the world's got the answers all wrong. They're failing the class. We're following or copying off the dunce of the class. Later in Romans 12, verse 2, Paul says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. N.T. Wright says about this kind of transformation, Learning to think like this, to understand a grand narrative that is larger than ourselves, or what our heart wants, that may be challenging or even threatening us. It's a major task for us to decide to undertake living with Scripture. Your heart allegiance to God, continually growing—that's the goal. Your heart disallegiance or leaving anything else. That's the goal. Grow your heart of belief. Number one. Number two, grow closer to God. Grow closer to God. Romans 10, verse 10, the second part goes on to say, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. This month... Can't tell if this is a celebration or prayer concern for my wife, but we celebrate 25 years of wedded bliss or marriage bliss. So, y'all give her a hand and, yeah, right? Endurance Award. We also passed 17 years of being parents this summer. And so, we've been at it a little bit, but I remember when we started the journey, I would read books and get advice on how to be a good husband. Read books advice on how to be a good father. And in that, there was some debate, especially as life gets busy. Anybody got more work than they got week, Right? And so there's this debate that goes into it. It says, well, do you need to spend quality time or quantity of time? And so there was some defense that said, hey, it's about the quality of time. If you can just be there, if you're too busy, if you can just be there for the big events, that's enough. Well focus on the family article, states it this way. More recent research shows that kids need both quantity and quality time with their parents in fact the more involved parents are with their children the less likely they are to have social emotional academic and the list goes on and on problems in their life so it's both quantity of time and quality of time so that's free advice for you in your life but it's a analogous to our relationship with god we need both quality and quantity of time with god for our relationship to grow closer with him. You will grow closer to God by spending time daily praying. There's no doubt in my mind if you'll get on your knees or sit in your chair or drive with your eyes open praying, (laughs) but if you do it every day, you will grow closer to God. If you're not, you're not as close as you can be. If you'll read scripture daily, you will grow closer to God. If you've picked up the Bible once, Never again, you're not as close as you can be to God. But on the other side of that, the quality, the more you engage to read Scripture and understand it, understand what the original authors meant, understand how you can apply it to your life, and then take the steps to apply it to your life, the quality of your engagement, you will grow closer to God. So it's both quantity, be regular, pray. Studying Scripture, reading Scripture, engaging with others in your faith, you will grow closer to God. You see, even when you know something in your head, it can be harder to believe it with your heart or live it with your words or your actions with your hands. And so we need that ongoing relationship to where the right knowledge leads to right actions in our life, to be transformed in our Hearts that draw us closer to God, that transforms our thoughts and words and actions. That's the righteousness that God desires. Number two, grow closer to God. Number three, grow closer to others. Grow closer to others. Verse 12 says, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. And a couple of key points in that, Jew and Gentile. So you're made as a Christian to align with every other Christian, whether they're the same or different than you. You're not made to go at it alone. You're made to be in it together. One of the foundations of the methodist movement is that we grow closer to god when we grow closer to others not doing it alone just getting around people that are you've heard this term echo chamber right That are just like us and just, oh yeah yeah oh honey you don't need to worry about that sin in your life you just you know right there's times when we need somebody to say don't do that right They'll confront our racism or confront our sexual immorality or confront our addiction and help us journey out of that and into God's purpose for our life. We need that with each other. We need people that will help encourage us in the successes of life. Good job. Encourage us in the struggles of life. Oh my goodness, you're going through that. We need people that will help instruct us when we have misinformation or getting it wrong. We need people. <laughs> Do you all know what a cattle prod is? I don't know if that's a, a good thing, but it was like an electric probe on the end of it. They would touch the side of a, a pig or a cow to get them moving, right? They just sit there, and you try to get them moving to the other pasture or whatever, and they... And they get them moving. Sometimes you need somebody to be in your life to get you moving when you get lazy in your faith. It's like if you've been reading scripture and you're like, no, it's like get your Bible, right? You need somebody you can trust and lock arms with into the spiritual battles of life. So that you don't just think it's me saying this. In each service, I've invited somebody to come up and share about this journey of being in a grow group. Y'all and welcome mr chris rutledge give him a big hand he's coming up he's going to share about his journey in being in a grow group good morning
0: everybody so for those of you that don't know me uh, i'm chris rutledge And uh, most of you, if you do know me, you probably just know me as Molly's husband, which is fine. Or you might know me as the guy with all those kids. That's fine, too. (laughs) So I just want to take a few minutes to talk about uh, my Sunday School class and kind of what it means to me. Um, Our Sunday School class is called uh, Group Four. And our class serves young adults and parents. It's led by Frank and Veronica Dowdy. Our class typically takes a particular book, and that's why I have these to show y'all, of the Bible or a topic. We will receive this study guide, and we will spend anywhere from eight weeks or more studying the topic, talking about it as a group. And that's typically kind of how our class goes. When we started, we started with the book of John. We have covered Jonah, Ruth, Psalms, and so on and so forth. We're currently in the middle of a, a study called Follow by Andy Stanley. It's been fantastic, it's one of the best ones we've done so far. Now, you know, what we do is we take this, this study guide, we will study it throughout the week, uh, take the lessons that we've learned, discuss it, maybe with our spouse, come back to uh, our class and, and be ready to discuss it. Now, you know, some of you might say, hey, that sounds great, I don't really like homework. That was okay in school, I don't like doing it now. But let me explain how some of this has been helpful for me as, um, as we've gone through this class. So first, it's created an opportunity for Molly and I to uh, grow closer together, spiritually. We now have a structure set aside to spend time with each other, um, uh, discussing the word. We aren't perfect at it, but sometimes we miss. But prior to this class, to be honest, uh, church, we didn't really take that time with each other. Now we do. It it kind of gives us that time, gives us that structure. Second is accountability. Pastor Chris was just talking about that a second ago. Uh, Each Sunday we're going to be, you know, show up, prepared to talk, uh, discuss with our class. Um, Knowing that that's coming up, you know, that helps us forget not to set aside that time. Uh, Make sure that we have that even if it's 15 minutes uh, during the week either way It helps us make sure that we get that time time in Last is relationships Um, You know, I know that if anybody else in our class was up here talking They'd probably touch on that too. I'm sitting here looking at the Crandalls as I talk about that I've had the privilege of getting to know several different families in the church um, in a much more meaningful way Uh, Whether it's just in the class discussions serving on a project together Uh, having a pool party, having brunch, lots of different things. It's really been a good time. It's allowed me to make some connections that I otherwise probably would have never made just coming to to worship. So that is what uh, I have taken away from the class. I want to thank Veronica and Frank for being such great leaders. And thank you to Chris for letting me talk today.
1: Thank you, Chris, or Molly's husband. You did, you uh, <laughs> all know, Molly's our pre-K and infant, down to infant uh, director, coordinator, and so, uh, yeah, she does a lot, too, and so, um, yeah, so let's look at this. I want to give you a little bit of a structure. When you talk about the playbook of being in the church, I think I've got a slide it's called our discipleship map, and this is, like, where we're going, our, our past to in disciples of Jesus. And so if you see this, I think it's cut off down at the bottom, but there's an arrow coming in at the bottom and it's like, let's come to church. So imagine you come for the first time and you come to a worship service. You can come to one of our small groups or grow groups or be on a serve team, but most folks are gonna come to a worship service. This is where you're at right now. And say, oh, do I kind of like the music or I kind of like the preaching or kind of like the donuts or, you know, whatever it is that kind of draws you in or a friend brought you here. And then once you take a step in, the next path, and you can do all these at once or in, in order, but the next path is to be in a grow group where you're growing closer to God and closer to others. To where you're learning scripture and applying that. And Chris mentioned about accountability. The thought is not we're going to go and take accountable and say, you're not doing this. The thought is you give accountability to somebody, just like you do at work or to your spouse or to a coach. You say, I want to be better. I want to grow. And so, y'all, let's hold each other accountable. And so, you do that in a group. You get all the stuff Chris mentioned, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. The next path is to serve, and we'll talk about that next week. But that's where you use the gifts and abilities God's given you. To advance his mission of the church, serving God and others. And then our fourth path is to reach, where we go and reach out and invite people to know the love of God, to know the gospel of Jesus, and invite them to faith in his church. And so, worship, grow, serve, and reach. And so, I invite you in the course of this, if you've been on those paths, to stay on this path. And you can do that. The next slide says, Our on-ramp to grow. And so today we're going to open the on-ramp. On-ramp is a, an illustration. Anybody ever been stuck at a red light? Anybody love red lights? Raise the other hand. I hate it, right? And the worst kind is those that you come up to in the middle of the night in the red, and they ain't a car come through there in the last 10 minutes and still ain't turned green. And you're just stuck. Well, sometimes folks have experienced that at church to where they don't know how get to where they want to go and they feel stuck in a red light. And so we're breaking through that and we're creating on-ramps to these paths of worship, grow, and serve. And so in this series each week we we'll give you a different chance to be on these paths of worship, grow, and serve. And today we're going to kick that off with our grow on-ramp. And so the way you can get this is to text the word grow Invite everybody to do this. You don't have to do it right now. In fact, it would be better for you to do it this afternoon at home or this week, as you can reflect. But do this, texting the word GROW to our text number 205-772-4906. Do that now, and it'll send you a link momentarily. It might be, depending on demand, a few minutes, but shortly. It'll send you a link that'll open up the web page with all the different paths for Worship, Grow, and Serve. And so you can begin investigating, hey, I hadn't been in a grow group. I want to find one that fits for my schedule or my need, whatever. Or if you've been in one, click it and say, I want to stay in it, right? And so you get the choice. I invite everybody to be on the path of grow. You can look ahead to what we're going to talk about next week. The serve teams are all listed on there as well. When you're ready, fill it out, click submit, and be on the path of worship, grow, and serve at Leeds First Methodist Church. If you would like to not do electronics or it's just hard to read on your phone, there are paper copies on the blue table, cloth at the back. You can take one home with you or you can fill it out today and turn it in. There's a box next to it that says, On Ramp Guide Forms. All right, I pray, it's my hope that everybody that calls Leeds First Methodist Church home will be engaged in these paths. Not because there's like, Well, there is, like, we're fighting the devil, like, in spiritual warfare, and so we want to win that, but because it transforms your life when you're on these paths. And I hope and pray that that transformation is occurring for each one of you today in this series. Let me pray for us, and we'll worship through communion. God, thank you so very much for your paths to Jesus, that we can grow to know and be like Him. God, I pray that You are working today to open the on-ramp for each of us to have a a place to grow. God, that we might be a part of that. We might be transformed by that. God, I pray for this season between this on-ramp that runs from September through January. You see more and more closer to You. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45am for modern worship or at 11am for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again, and God bless.